Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast this is our director spotlight and in that spotlight is wes anderson today is isle of dogs i am colton robertson and i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you especially on today of all days our second stop motion animated feature by wes anderson it was uh released in the summer of 2018 april 13th 2018 so the spring more like um mm-hmm. it was uh written by wes anderson roman coppola and jason schwartzman with a story by kunichi namura a very similar writing team to the darjeeling limited and directed by wes anderson Wow. Yeah, I'm uh this is what number six, three, seven. four, five, seven. seven. Yeah, number seven and uh So his ninth feature film, our seventh we're covering. That's right. And I am I don't know. It's just I've seen just a steady increase, maybe not necessarily in like the order that I like all of these movies in, that it's just gotten better and better. But like I just his craft is getting it's elevated better and better and better every movie. And like I I guess the the easiest comparison for this one is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes, naturally. Other is his other stop motion movie and and I just I guess this one probably has a little more VFX in it than Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'd say um, I couldn't find much on that. I would assume so. It it doesn't look quite as, but I, quite I the like same. It's, it's only the background, and right. like like most of it is still stop motion and and done by hand. And then there's like some even like animate like like the security cameras whenever it's showing that, and it's like in a different style, but kind of like animated. It's like I don't know. Mm. It, it was very interesting to see all the different sort of mashups of of animation and stop motion and VFX and right. Right. And everything come together with this one. Um, but I remember I was like the opening shot, like just the, the guy at the temple, you know, or what, like, it's just the the very beginning of the movie at the cat temple. Yeah. And I'm watching, I'm like, Oh my God. I remember just like, just being blown away by that. I'm like, okay, we're already starting off like this. Holy crap. And then like, as the movie just kept going on and on, I'm like, wow, this one just has a different feel to it than Fantastic Mr. Fox for me. Like, this one, I don't know. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but, like, it's... I feel like it's just so, like, on a different tier of how this one was made. Mm. Um, and and maybe it's because of this. there's so many different styles that come together in this I one. I get that. Um, and, because Fantastic Mr. Fox was, was amazing, and it blew my mind, but it kind of held the same style the whole time throughout the movie. Right. Almost. This, this one bends one, that expectation. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, I was, I was blown away by this one. This, uh, I don't know. 
Like it, it's always hard to put. Like Moonrise Kingdom is probably my favorite one that I've watched so far. That like overall, so overall, um, I I like Moonrise Kingdom a whole lot. And this one I think is the closest to Moonrise Kingdom for me. Ooh, um, I love like, that. Take. Yeah, I I did not think that I would come out of this movie as high, but like I feel like it's as well made as like the Grand Budapest Hotel like at, critically and like how like just everything had to come together like i don't know it was like beautifully shot like all like take all the the color palette and the lighting and everything he used for grand budapest and put it in stop motion terms and animation terms i think they did just as well as that but i was just as into the story and like i, I was feeling as good as like moonrise kingdom like it was such a feel good and like enjoyable ride um the only thing that I didn't really get from this movie was, like, the emotional, like, weight. Like, there's still mm. some parts that make me tear up and stuff, but, like, the emotional oomph wasn't quite as strong as some of his other movies. But that's, like, the only thing that I, like, I find about this movie that I, I didn't quite hold up on, like, that level. Um, oh, man. Yeah, you know, there's still there's still a couple points that do, that do kind of get me there. Um, not to the straight up, like, I mean, there are a few points throughout this that I, like, sob. I, mm. I'm crying, crying. Um, and I don't, I don't quite have that, but there's a couple moments in this that like really do get to me. You know, there's mm-hmm. the, whenever, uh, it's a chief chief gets his first bath. And afterwards when he's looking in the mirror, that that's my favorite scene. Whenever he looks in the mirror and he's like looking back and forth and he's like, I don't understand, you know? And then like, he looks at, I'm a rare breed. I don't like, you know, I was, born. Yeah. Oh my, Oh, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then he looks, he looks at him and he, he feeds him the little treat and he goes, uh, this is my new favorite food. Oh, and he oh. starts tearing up and he goes, thank you. Oh my God, dude. I, I, like I love that shit. And, uh, and that that is there's something to it that like I love dogs. Mm-hmm. I love. I, I didn't. I didn't catch that until I went an IMDb trivia, and then yeah. like it was one of the first. Ones I love like, dogs. Oh, okay. I love well, dogs. look at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I and I do. I love dogs, and it's there's something about an entire. And you knew Wes Anderson loved dogs based off of his own like his, his inclination to include them in Moonrise Kingdom. And uh, the Life Aquatic and the Royal Tenenbaums. There's a dog in a lot of his stuff, you know. And there's there's a dog even at the beginning of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Whenever that guy starts choking and he like starts, uh, it's the one who basically alerts everyone like this guy's in trouble. It's the dog that does that, you know. Like that's a uh, nice little details where there's a dog included in most of his movies, and it makes me uh, makes me very happy. And to have him just run with a whole film about how much he loves dogs, um, going to a dystopian uh japan in the future where the the dogs have come down with a snout fever and they've needed to be exiled to save humankind um but then to find out that the the corporations they they manufactured snout fever and they're that you know like again that anti-corporation sentiment coming through hard man like this one i love this one you know we we don't uh I, I haven't given this one enough credit, I think, in retrospect. Um, as we've gone through this, uh, I told you that uh, Royal Tenenbaums, when we started, might be it was 8 out of 8. It might be 7 out of 8. The one that I was considering was Isle of Dogs. Really? And, and wow. even so, um, hmm. even so, I don't know that I can still, I don't think I can still stand by that. Like, I think Royal Tenenbaums, after watching this again, firmly 8 out of 8. 
and where Isle of Dogs falls, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I like all of these a lot. I think comparing it to Fantastic Mr. Fox is the most amenable, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think enjoyment-wise, I, I I would put Isle of Dogs above Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, mm. I think I would find myself saying that I enjoy this movie more than I enjoy Fantastic Mr. Fox. But uh, critically, that's where it does get rough for me. I'm like, I don't know about that one. You know, I'm like, that's uh, the... Yeah, I guess in, when I'm... When I said, like, critically as, as good as the Grand Budapest, I guess, like, only in the craft, like, the craft of it, I get, you know, like, not necessarily, like, the story and how it weighed and, like, all the perform, like, all that. Right, stuff. right. It's just, no, like, strictly visuals you. here. Like, I, I would I, say, though, that it is very similar to Grand Budapest in comparison to all of his other narratives because it is this, uh, there's this thing with his other movies, the Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, Darjeeling Limited, Moonrise Kingdom. These could all take place in the real world. Even, even Fantastic mm. Mr. Fox, you know, the animals talk, but mm-hmm. it could take, it could conceivably take place in the real world. Grand Budapest and Isle of Dogs have this fantastical element to them where it's like a, it's a different society that mirrors our own, but it's not, it's not set in the real world. And, uh, it gives, the creator an opportunity to run with it in a really, really compelling way. Mm. Uh, I love the way they like uh, explain stuff during the credits, you know, like the, the beginning <laughs> when it's like uh, all barks have been translated to English. That's uh, yeah. fantastic. Another, another thing that doesn't ever disappoint me, like the comedy, it never takes away from the movie. It only adds to it. Like all of his movies, they're, they're not, I wouldn't label them as comedies, you know, if I just had to put, like, one genre on, you know, at all. Like, it's... But they are funny, like, all the time. And it... I don't know. I, I love his his type of humor, I guess. Um, it just... Like, the sneezes, you know? Just just the random... That's just part of snout fever, I guess. Yeah, you, know, you just have sneeze. those random sneezes. And, like, it's... It, it, I don't know. It, it's never overdone. You know, it's not like annoying ever. It's never like takes away from any emotional part or anything like that. It's just, it's always so, so nice to have moments where you're kind of like, oh, wow, I'm feeling a little emotional here. And then you hear just like, just like a sneeze, you know, just like a a random sneeze. And I don't know, it just kind of lightens the mood and reminds you like, okay, yeah, this is, I am having a good time watching this, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, it's all these emotions coming, coming together. Um Man, it's a beautiful movie visually. Just, yeah, just astonishing. Another one where I know we've said this for the last couple movies, but dude, it's all so satisfying to look at. It's, I mean, so many different, so like the Trash Island is all you know pretty much the same and everything like that. But when you go back and like you see the science lab of them like testing all the stuff. And like that's just so different than everything else in the movie. Like whenever they they put the serum in the thing, it lights up, and then they they go and like, yep, snout fever cured. They go over, and then they they see like I don't know the next thing, and like run it through a crazy machine. Like that sequence was insane. The the sumo wrestling sequence, like things that didn't even like matter, or I don't know, like that weren't pertinent to like the main story, and just were side like little transition pieces in between scenes were like. I think it was just kind of a way for him to flex. Like, honestly, like, he did so many shots, like, that were just, like, 
here's what we can do with stop motion animation. Like here's here's what I can make. Here's what I'm capable of. And I was just I remember I was just blown away at at like at everything that he like that he was doing. Like it was I don't know. I was like I'm struggling to find like a favorite shot out of all of this because every time I have this this gut feeling usually of like, "Oh, well that's my shot of the movie." Mm. But I remember it was there were so many different times where I'm like, oh well that could be it. Well that could be it. Oh well yeah. okay, well this is it now. And I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, this it was just so well made and so the, the attention to detail is oh, absurd. Astounding. It's and astounding. Like I, I looked at a little li- like just in between the break, like a little stuff of how like some of the miniatures that they create and and all the little like just the little dolls or I don't whatever you want to call them like and it's Cups just and such. It's insane. The just how small those things are, but how detailed like that they are. And like I, I wonder how long it just actually takes to to literally create these things before even filming. You know, like just how long that took to make well, all these. You know, because how many trial runs were there? Like, ah, this is good, but it's not quite right. Yeah. You know, like uh. This is close to chief, but it's not the chief I want. You know, like uh, the, you got the you got the dirt covered, sooted up chief, and then the white pristine chief. You know, like there's different miniatures for everything, and uh, I think that's just really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is and what's interesting too is that I, you know, a lot of people like to be like uh, Wes Anderson has a really distinct color palette, which. I think you can argue that he utilizes distinct color palettes in all of his movies, but I'd argue they are rarely the same. They rarely overlap and are like, oh, yeah, this is this color palette is exactly the same as this. And people are like, he uses a lot of pastel. He mm-hmm. used pastel in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no. But like Moonrise Kingdom with its yellow, earthy brown tones and Fantastic mm-hmm. Mr. Fox with his with its like autumnal sort of vibe. When you get to this one, this one has the perhaps the most interesting one because it utilizes more white and gray than any other any other one. And it they utilize those colors to make the dogs pop specifically. And then whenever they do cut to these scenes, like there's there's a shot of uh Atari and Chief on their search for uh spot and it's go. It's like silhouetting them out, and it's like a yellow landscape or a pink landscape or whatever. And it's gorgeous in those moments, you know. And it just that kind one, of uh, that one might be the one. That's the yeah. one I did remember, and that the biggest gut feeling I had was that one. You know, in, in like a a feel good moment too. You have Chief oh, actually yeah. like, you know, having a a ma- It's wrong to feels weird to say like a master, you know. But like for no, the, but yeah, do- for dogs, yeah, yeah. Um, but like he's, he's taken a part of that life, you know, and he's like, oh, well, maybe this isn't actually so bad. And, and, you know, you just see him standing on top, just looking out in the distance. And I'm, I was like, wow, like that, that was walking up those stairs and he like outruns him a little bit and turns around and comes back and helps him up the stairs the rest of the way. Like the the evolution of chief over the course of this movie is why he has to be the character, you know? Oh Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. uh, Just a. just a wonderful. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm a bad dog. I bite. I, I bite. Yeah. I, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and it's Walter White. Like in the in the background, that's all I've got. It like I I didn't I didn't actually know. I didn't check the cast before, and I I just don't recognize. Uh, I guess Brian 
Cran is it Cranston? Um, Cranston. Yeah, I like I don't. I guess I've always known him as Walter White, and that's that's basically it. Now I've seen. I don't know when I watched Breaking Bad in like middle school or high school, whatever. Um, but like I didn't check IMDb at all, and like I don't like even when his name popped up on the credits, like I don't. I don't know. I, it's not like a name that I recognize. I guess yet, so I didn't even really know who right. it was. But then as the movie went on, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, is that, is that Walter, Walter White? White? I'm like, what the? And then I do, I check IMDb. I'm like, yeah, okay, it is. And I'm like, man, he's doing such a great job. Like it was. Yeah, Chief. Chief gets the character. The only the only one who was like giving me a run was the uh, the like foreign exchange. Uh, yeah, Tracy Walker. Yeah, just for how I don't know, just like what her character stood for and like what she did. I don't know. It was just really bad at like the revolutionary spirit, you know, and and having all that that in there, or like Atari, you know. But Atari doesn't really oh, yeah. have Atari's a sweetheart, guess, man. He's just trying to yeah. get his dog back, and that's like that's enough to make me go, oh yeah, this dude. Like, there's a there are very obviously dislikable characters in this movie, and they're the mm. only characters in this movie I dislike. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nobody in yeah. this movie that I'm supposed to like that I don't. Like, I'm just, yeah. I'm in. You know, if uh, I like Tracy Walker, I love Atari, I love all the dogs. Um, and then the evil Kobayashis <laughs> are the ones that I'm like, fuck these guys, you know? And even then, they, they end up uh, giving the mayor a redemption arc yeah. where he's like, you know, and it's boom i did not expect that i like no. i expected him to go like i like i thought he was going to be the one to go crazy and hit the big red button you know and then happens to be the major domo i love how that's just like an actual title like i thought from star wars like that's the first time i ever heard major domo oh, yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought it was just the most made up star wars role name yep. ever right hand man that's a lot name. of the a lot of the stuff utilized in the book of boba fett is uh Japanese in its roots, mm. major domo, daimyo, crime mm. boss. Mm. Uh, that's uh, uh, yeah. it's very very Jap Japanese influenced, and that's what this is a uh, Star Wars very influenced by Akira Kurosawa's films. Mm. This is Wes Anderson's most Akira Kurosawa influenced movie easily. Oh, yeah. It uh, it, like it has the soundtrack this... too. Like oh, the, yeah. the, like... oh my god! Dude, I was like yeah actually moving with like some it got me to like kind of move like like during the watching the movie i'm like oh this is just so good like just the it added so much meaning to the movie like to the parts whenever it popped up too and like even like the credits like i just stayed watching the credits just because oh, i yeah. don't know it's like it's just that song and like just seeing them i don't know crazy to think that like it's stop motion but they're hitting like they're not making any noise whenever they actually do right. that whatsoever but they have to line up with the actual that's true. There. I never it's considered like, oh that. Oh yeah. my god! It's like because yeah, when you film an actual, uh, you know, band playing, you can just do that. Yeah, you just do it. And the sounds captured, whatever. But like they have to think about how fast they're doing. It. Like I don't know. That's it's kind like, of impeccable. I didn't consider the timing of the stop motion band playing the music. That's like that's the, pretty the, incredible. Da, 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 like the the fast hit like hits like that's the most impressive to me. Like the other instruments were kind of like you could tell that they were. I mean, they were all pretty on, like on spot, but like those, da, 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 the fast hits, yeah. like, exactly on. I'm like, and oh. then when they're like, boom, boom, like they go a little slower, and yeah, dude, that shit, and, and that's a really cool way to kick off this movie, you know, like to to introduce us to it with uh, kind of that cold open history done by <laughs> Jupiter, and yeah. uh, who is voiced by F. Murray Abraham, Zero, oh, okay, uh, from from the last movie, nice. Um, 
kind of having that presence about him, this narrative presence that he utilizes mm-hmm. in both the Grand Budapest and Isle of Dogs here. Um, however, uh, the, the actual narrator for this movie, or no, wait, that's next movie. Apologies. Uh, mm. I also watched the French Dispatch last night, so. <laughs> we're on Forget a West me. Anderson high. Yeah, yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely adored uh, pretty much every performance in this movie is really, really spot on to love Brian Cranston. I love his little group. You know, uh, you got Chief, Boss, Duke, King, uh, all these uh, all these names that basically mean top dog, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Jeff Goldblum, Ed Norton, Bill Murray. Like all these, all these massive names. And one who was really close to getting my performance was, uh, Ed Norton as I believe he was Rex. 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 Yes. Yeah. Rex. Is um, he the rumor or no, that was Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. He was yeah. the rumor guy. What, what did, what did Rex, what was Rex his? was just kind of always, he, he was always on. He's the one who chases Atari down and is like, Hey, wait, it was, it's the wrong right. dog. The wrong dog died. Uh, whenever, uh, Atari tells them sito and they all sit and he like turns back to a uh, chief and he's like, what are you doing? You have to sit. Yeah. And, uh, uh and chief's like, I don't sit. And, uh, mm. like, uh, and that's, uh, we've talked about through all these movies, there's that character. I'd say the grand Budapest is kind of the only one that's kind of excluded from this, where you have someone who used to be not good quote unquote you know like they're they're not your stereotypical good guy you know you got gene hackman in the royal tenenbaums bill murray in mm-hmm. the life aquatic shit george clooney and fantastic mr fox mr fox uh mm-hmm. but then like you get here and that character is a is a stray dog who you know that's not necessarily his fault it's it's the circumstances that have created the created the dog he is and uh you know, uh, whenever he gets to explain that to them, like the, uh, you know, I, I guess I wasn't always astray, and they all like what, and they they like walk up to him and they're like, and go they ahead, sit, right? Yeah, they they walk and sit, and they're like, oh, well, you you got to tell us about that now, yeah, like yeah. Well, you, you, okay, yeah, talk. And to then us. he delivers that sad story where he's like, hey man, I was captured a couple times, I escaped, but the third time, got adopted before I could finish the tunnel, and I bit a kid so hard I nearly chewed his hand off, and uh, I don't know why I did it guess i'm just I, I i bite you know i guess i'm just a bad dog and uh yeah that chief like i love every you're right like i love every character in this movie other than the ones that we're obviously supposed to hate aka like major domo i mean he looked like i mean just like looks like an evil dude just straight up like that oh, yeah. that's like one i can clearly hate but every other character was was so just very supporting of of the story and what was going on but chief like his story like I don't know. He was the only one who I wanted to come back to kind of the whole time. And, and whenever, I don't know, like it, it gets me to think that like dogs are really, you know, after watching like toy story, you have that thought of like, I'm going to catch, I'm going to catch him. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to set up my yeah, toys right. that maybe this is real, you know, or something like maybe this actually is how it happens. But like, there's a difference between like an actual living ant, like living animal. Like these are dog, these are living animals, and like it's it get like this is a crazy fantasy world. Ob- like you know, obviously there's not a a pack of dogs and cats that are you know, coming up to try to fight and hum- you know a whole everything. But like I don't know, like 
who knows what goes on in dogs' brains, you know? Like, right. Like, I've I've long had a theory about dogs just just cuz like they are so fascinating. You know, they can understand they understand commands because we usually repeat certain words and they usually mm-hmm. eventually connect the connotation with which we're saying them and they mm-hmm. realize what it means. It's just associations most of the time like a, oh, treat means I'm about to get this little thing. I don't know what it is, but that's what that means. You know, and it's like a that that sort of vibe. But uh I've watched my dogs. No sound is made. Nobody's saying anything. They look at each other and then they bolt to do the same thing. And I'm like, how the fuck did y'all know you were going to do that? You know, like, it's just, no, like, it's just bizarre that and I've only, I've only had one dog in my life. And so it didn't, it didn't have a, you know, another dog friend companion. To, to like talk to or, or anything. But whenever like, he was around other dogs. Like we would take him like to his like other families and like their dogs. It's crazy how like they remember each other. Like Mm. people say that like dogs, they have no concept of like tomorrow that like they like, that's, that's like a really human thing that like we can understand time moving, but like dogs are just kind of, it's just, it's the next, it's just a day for them. Yeah. They just kind of exist. But like, I don't know, like, because Obviously, they know who their masters are, whatever. But then they they know, like, I don't know, we call them, like, their cousins, you know. Like, their cousin right. dogs. And, like, they, they have memory, you know. It's not like, I don't, it's, it is so interesting to think about and, like, how animals communicate. Like, because there's something going on there, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Something is, is going on where, I don't know, maybe you they're just. The yeah, they, I don't know, they, and. Is it supposed to – so, like, all barks have been translated to English. So, like, whenever Atari is, like, walking with him and they're all just talking behind him, does he, he just, just hear – barking. <laughs> yeah. So that that was always kind of like a back thought in my mind is just like, oh, yeah, I guess – so he doesn't under, understand, like, anything they're saying. But, like, I, I, mean, I guess there is some times where – And that's what's interesting about the relationship Atari has to Spot specifically. You know, whenever mm-hmm. – another scene that kind of gets me on rewatch – uh, because, you know, there's that line whenever they're in the like bottle fort that's been forged of like the, the trash and it's, it's lit up in a really pretty way, the green, red, yellow and stuff. And, uh, uh, Atari's talking to them and they like look at each other and they go, I wish one of us spoke his language. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, there's a moment where whenever they get introduced to each other, Spot and Atari, and they put the little, thing in is that a translator i think so yeah is that like, what it's supposed to be like i think it's because it's it's how spot is it spot or spots uh I, I don't know maybe spots um i see wow where is is he not credited liev schreiber Lee? plays him yeah spots okay but uh like he says that this is how I get my commands from my master. You know, and he says this is how I how I understand whatever and they say like the range is I don't know 75 feet whatever but like they they actually like communicate like through mm-hmm. that. Like and it's like Master I Atari, it, I am on my way. You know, like it's I think it's it's kind of like the up collar that can let a dog speak English but just a a one to one like sort of thing. Maybe not like a straight up like he's hearing Japanese to English. It's just like it's 
it's in the future and it's fantasy, you know, so yeah, it's right. technology that allows them to actually communicate. Yeah. Um, it's like when his, when his eyes fill up with tears and he's like, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Like, I hear you. That's they, like, I feel like that's the first time he's been able to like truly communicate with a human. Like that seems because his, unless they just immediately forged a bond. That's like, he's like, Oh my God, this is my kid. I'm going to love him forever. You know, like the way it's not the exact same thing, but to a dog, maybe it is, you know, like finding, when a when a parent has their first child, and it's like, oh my god, this is my person now. I, nothing will ever be the same. Is that how it is for a dog? Whenever they found their person, they found their their master, so to say, and uh, yeah. so he just looks at Atari and he's like, oh my god, I love this kid. Uh, nothing yeah. will ever be the same for me. And I think that's like, I'm pretty sure it's like every word is understood. At least that's how I'm going to think about it in headcanon. If they have that earpiece mm-hmm. on. They can just fully talk to each other, uh, because it makes the moment of like the switching from chief or from spot to chief spots all the more. Yeah. Oh my God. That, that was the one scene. Like, I mean, whenever their eyes started to well up, you know, like spot spots was given like the, the, like at, I guess at first they were like being washed away in the water. And then he was like, you know, I, I have obviously other obligations. I'm a parent now. I have, you know, my wife, my wife, my litter, you know, she's about to give birth, everything. And like, I just can't do what I used to do anymore. I have all these, I'm the leader of, of all these people now and I just can't do what I need to do. And then chief is like, I swear, I'm going to beat the crap out of you when yeah. we get out of here. You know, he's like, I can't believe you don't live through this. Know. I'm going to strangle you myself. Yeah. You don't even know what he went through to just to come to see you again. And and then, like, it makes that moment of when he hands over the the earpiece all the more like hit so hard. Like that was that's my favorite scene. Like without a doubt, is the the transfer of of power, you know, sort of thing. And like the the spots giving up his his bodyguard role and and realizing that that chief is is you know the one to to take the mantle and and mm. and uh, I I don't know. I was just. Not many parts got me to actually like cry, but that that one was I was like, oh man, I'm like okay, like I, I can't believe I'm I'm like actually getting this emotional over over these do- you know this dog story and on Trash mm-hmm. Island and like uh, yeah, it's like it's nuts how he does it, how he just makes he makes it hit out of nowhere. And- Dude, it always it always works out that way, and because uh, this really is a tale of like I mean literally found family, you know, like uh. These dogs didn't know each other before they landed on Trash Island, and now they've formed their packs, they've formed their groups. Atari comes into the picture, and Chief has found his, found himself basically beyond just uh, uh, being astray and being a bad dog. I bite, you know that that whole thing. Like he he kind of he kind of develops beyond that, and it's really really compelling, man. I uh, I really really just I, I love the way Wes manages it, you know, and. His writing partners here and Roman Coppola and uh, Jason Schwartzman, they make some of the most emotionally resonant movies. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's, I don't know, they, like, the, even, like, just the the comedy parts, like, I feel like the the other, just, like, his, like, King, Duke, Rex, like, those dogs, like, were more of just for, like, the comedic and and to show the difference between Chief and them. You know, like, hmm. show the difference between dogs who had kind of everything before they came to Trash Island and then, and right. then you know, you see how, how different a stray is. But, like, they – I love, like, even how they were separated. You know, it was like they were in in the cart, whatever, and then, it, like, they literally just got pulled in half and, like, one was sent to a 
freaking like trash compactor like i don't even yeah know what and they're like how does this contraption even work what but it was just like obviously to get i'm assuming if it was working right we would be dead by now it was like it was just obviously to get atari and chief on their own together you know like it needed to happen somehow and it was just so like i love how things that don't necessarily matter to the story you know like they got split up in the most convenient way and like it's so i don't know but it it makes the story so much better that like that i feel like that's when the movie got like really really good for me is whenever they it was atari and chief on their own oh yeah yeah 100 percent. and and you know you, you see him um just contemplating like do i really want to you know do this do I, I i still don't care you know i gotta play tough i'm like i don't care about this i'm all you know i'm I don't know. I'm only in it just because I'm here with you. We got separated, but then he slowly starts to like him over time, and he's like, "Oh, I, I get it." You know, like he, it, it makes you just think that he never, he never got like an owner or some like a human that was good to him before. You know, right? And like so, that's why he was so. It was impossible for him to think of like, how can you guys even think of masters as like a good? You know, like what are you guys even thinking about? How can you sit? You know, like, t- telling him, telling me to sit. Like, I don't sit. And, like, even after he tells him to sit, he just plays some music and then just, like, stands all, like, serious, you know, there for a second, like, mm-hmm. in the bottle room for whatever. Like, I don't know. It was, like, it's just such a cute moment. But, like, I, I just, Chief was, I didn't expect to, to like Chief as much. I thought, like, my favorite character out of this would be either that foreign exchange girl, Atari, or one of the other dogs. I don't know. I thought like the story was going to focus way more on the other group of dogs and not not mm-hmm. chief. But I, 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 I honestly thought it was going to be all of them together the whole time. Right. Um, but then my favorite parts is whenever they weren't in the movie at all, really. Another, um, another little revolutionary sort of streak in this one. Oh, yeah. With the dogs riding up. We got the Daily Manifesto from the high school students. Uh, a conspiracy that goes all the way to the top. You know, like that's uh, that's that's outstanding stuff, you know, and uh, speaking to Tracy Walker, the foreign exchange student, uh, Greta Gerwig as her actually gets my favorite performance. Um, and oh, Greta okay. Gerwig. That's good. Yeah, like she'll that. actually be uh, one of our directors down the line mm-hmm. as she directs Barbie and Little Women and Lady Bird. And the, we will be covering those a little spoiler later on uh, for what we've got in the works. We do have a couple other directors planned, but Greta Gerwig's one of them. Um, and uh, yeah, she voiced Tracy Walker and I thought she did a great fucking job. You know, like whenever she's standing in front of that, the board that's spreading her conspiracy out and she's like, oh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Atari, yeah. you son of a bitch. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? And then she like goes to the door when her when her host parents yeah. come to the door. She gets the tea. She takes a sip. She goes, damn it. I have a crush on you. It's just so cute, you know, like it's so, cause it's still, it's the young revolutionary, you know, she's, she's gotta be 13, 14 or something like that. She's a young kid. I have it. You know, yes. she's in the bar with the chocolate, chocolate milk cold, you know, she downs the first one and then the second one, she said, do I have it? Start acting like a scientist and you know, like, Hey, you're, I, I kind of forgot about her performance. Yeah. No, that, she's, she's really good. And there's a bunch, there's a bunch of options that, I mean, Obviously, Brian Cranston is chief. Fucking, fucking outstanding. I thought that uh, Lee F. Schreiber as Spots was very, very good. Um, and those were kind of my top three was uh, Brian Cranston, Lee F. Schreiber, and Greta Gerwig here. And I, I went with Greta Gerwig uh, hmm. 
just because, uh, you know, Chief and uh, Spots, they get to get a little emotional and well up with tears. But even so, their voice is still kind of they might just shake a little bit, but they don't they don't. And it's a good performance. It's not it's not like it's in your face. It's very subtle. Uh, but I felt like Greta Gerwig had to go really up and over the top. You know, I felt like she was being real campy. And I like stuff like that. So uh, I ended up going with Greta Gerwig as Tracy Walker. I thought she was fun. It's kind of crazy that my sleeper pick, I, I was maybe going with, with uh, Chief for the performance. It was kind of more of a filler thing because I didn't know if this mm. one was, was good or not. But, like, it's crazy that I'm saying this is a sleeper pick because it's Francis McDormand as, like, the, the – Oh, yeah, the translator. And, like, like at first it was literally just translating, you know, at first, like, whenever she was first a thing. But then, like, as it went on, you could tell there was, like, more and more of her input. And like yeah. her personality in the voice. Oh my god, like, he's doing this. There's yeah, gonna be a fight, and, you know, like a. And I, I don't know. I like that's part of the story that I, I really lo- like. And they were very blatant about. They were like, um, of all the propaganda, and they were like, "Hey, you, you spearheaded the propaganda, um, whatever. Good job. You created the dog virus. Good job. Good on you. You, yeah. and, you know, whatever." And it was like it was very blatant. They were like, "They're not trying to hide it." You know, it's like mm-hmm. this is obviously what they're what they're going for. And but like you saw, you know, she started to get more and more freedom in her way of talking, you know, just in what she wanted, how she was interpreting it, um, as it went on. And that was like, I don't know. I really loved just checking in with, with her every now and then, because I mean, it's Francis McDormand, like, it's just nuts. Fucking love Francis McDormand, man. A supporting role in this movie. Um, yeah, extremely minor, hardly a character, you know, but she, uh, she does a lot with it. And, uh, that's a, that's a good one. That was one that didn't even occur to me, but she is, she's wonderful. Uh, My my ultimate sleeper would have been Ed Norton as Mm. Rex. Uh, I I love, I loved him in that role. Uh, that was one that like, it it drew my attention to the fact that Wes Anderson works with a few guys who sound very similar because I wasn't sure if that was Jason Schwartzman or Ed Norton. I kind of, I kind of had, I was thinking he was in it too. And then I looked at IMDb and it was just the writing credit. I'm like, wow, I guess he's not in here. No, no, he's not. And uh, so I thought Ed Norton might've been Jason Schwartzman. And there's also this element where Owen Wilson has a very distinct voice and you can tell it's not Owen Wilson, but if Owen Wilson tones down his voice and he doesn't get so, so twangy with it, he sounds a lot like Ed Norton. So there's like a, uh, there's a really interesting balance there where he works with these three dudes consistently who all sound very similar. And I, I had to, tr- I had trouble nailing down who, who was playing Rex. But as soon as you, as soon as you know it's Ed Norton, you can, you hear that shit yeah. plain as day. Um, and I, I absolutely adored his, his little role in this movie. I love Bill Murray as, uh, what was, was he, uh, boss? boss yeah the the mascot dog yeah, right? yeah the, oh uh, man yeah, yeah. I, I think my favorite out of out of that group of dogs was was jeff goldblum as, yeah definitely uh, just like oh i heard a rumor that you know blah 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 how do you, blah, how do you blah. hear all these rumors i don't know i listen you know people talk dog listens i love gossip i love to hear i hear, love to hear what dogs have to say yeah i know uh, he's just uh, you know I, uh, I i love the way jeff goldblum speaks he's just uh He's so natural with it. There's nothing. He 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 does this thing where he thinks about every single word that he's about to say, and he just kind of everything seems improvisational, even if it's not coming from Jeff Goldblum. And that's that's a rare talent, I feel like. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, you know, I heard a rumor. You you guys have you guys heard the rumor? Uh, 
no, what what rumor? I heard she mated with uh with this guy. Uh, you know, we got we got Scarlett Johansson in a small role in this one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was nuts. That I mean, actually, some good emotional like scenes there, like with with Chief and her, like Chief, at the top yeah. of the, or I guess at first with the toxic ward. I wouldn't drink that if I were you. You know, like mm-hmm. filled with toxic chemicals, and he's like, "Can I come up there and join you?" And then just instantly runs up. You know, and then like just that little conversation they have there was, I don't know, it was really really cute um and just seeing how they you know grow as the movie goes on and um i don't know it was and isn't uh the the student's dog nutmeg because he just like yeah. she screams out nutmeg or something like that like at, at one of the like i don't know was that no yeah, she holds up a poster during it that's like all masters rise up and it's nutmeg's face and stuff so like i think nutmeg is tracy's dog um which is a cool little detail, which means Atari and uh, Atari and Tracy now share their dogs have a romance where they have a romance. And it's just I, very, very cute. Come on. Yeah. In my head, Canon, this dude has been mayor of, you know, he, he became mayor of the world eventually. You know, that these two just went on to spread just love of dogs throughout the whole world, you know, and mm-hmm. they just, I don't know, like the, the, this story was ended so well. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't know. You know, I I didn't know how it was going to end at all, but I was so happy at the end of it. I'm like, oh, this couldn't have this couldn't have gone better. Um, and the little fake out of maybe Spots was dead. You know, they had like the statue, yeah. Of it, and then the bowl, you know, the bowls of food were brought out. You know, for the the mother. And then there's one extra, and you're like, I was like, oh, oh <sighs> my god! It was kind of like the you know Moonrise Kingdom uh, ending there, where I'm. Not 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 even close to the same degree. You know, my heart was literally racing in Moonrise Kingdom, and, I, and that was like a actual relief, like breath of relief. Th- this one was just more of like a thank God, like oh okay, thank God he's not dead. Like ah, oh, this is just the, the cherry on top that they you know get to live out their days, and I don't know they're they're back on the mainland with you know, and and even when it, when they're all back, and it's like. The baseball team that that boss was for is like they yeah. lost, you know, yeah. like they they like I don't know it was it a resounding defeat, and like it didn't it doesn't even matter, you know, like it's like yeah. it, it's a loss, but like I don't know, like it, I feel like it wouldn't have hit as hard if like they were like yeah and they they won their first game, I don't know, like I felt like it actually hit harder that yeah, little things like that it's just it, it it went to show just how little those things mattered in comparison to the struggle for these dogs, you know, it's like a yeah, you know the the puppy chow business went went up again, and he became the spokesperson once or the spokes dog once again, and everything like that's just that's fucking cute, you know. It's just a nice little, you know, the team lost, but it didn't matter. They had their mascot back, etc. Like that's just a uh, that's just cute, you know. And uh, it, that kind of comes back around to my line once everything's resolved. Uh, when Chief and Nutmeg, or it's actually my shot and my line, whenever oh. the flower lands on Chief's nose. Thought that shot was cute as fuck. Um, it was just a good little because mm-hmm. you get two. You that see little... where he starts, yeah, and then you see where he ends. And he's this pristine white dog with a like a pink little flower on his nose, and I know Nutmeg like picks it off and blows it away. But like, uh, there's also the the line he says, you know, you still think you don't want to bring puppies into this world? Uh, I I loved that. I loved that till I get to know you better or whatever you know. And yeah. it's like, but man, yeah, that I don't know it, what a reveal it was that I thought he was just like his fur was just black the whole time. Like Chief, I'm like, yeah, his, 
that's just how he is, you know? And then he gives him a bath, and I'm like, wait, did he die it? And I'm like, oh, wait, no, he didn't. That's He's just dirty. clean. And I'm like, oh, man. That, like, I don't know, it was such a, a cool reveal. And then, like, to actually get, like, emotional story. Like, I, I don't know. I did not expect Chief to be, like, the main focus of this story. The main character, all. yeah. First watch, yeah. And and boy, was I, I don't know. I was very delighted um, that that's, that's where the story went. Um because yeah, I, there's there's no way I'm giving it to any other character. And and my line, I think I'm trying to. I don't think it was in the water when they were being rushed. Maybe it was. They, they were on their. They was after the rush, and they were on their way to the uh, the facility. They were still in the water though. And he goes, what, what, "Was I the runt?" Yeah, and and just spots, you know, not anymore. You know, just yeah. the the simp like it's those. The life aquatic. I wonder if, you know, I wonder if he remembers me. It's like the, just the, the simple, like, so, like, little one-liners that, like, hit you so much harder than you'd ever mm -hmm. expect, you know? And, it's like, that that one was just, like, another another dagger, like, that, that got me just to tear up a little more. Um, and just, like, a, like spots, like, realizing, I don't know, like, he, he realizes that he has to, like, lead for these new people and, and everything, but, like, he also, like, realizes that, Atari was out looking for him and like that, that he like has sort of failed on that end, you know, like it's, he feels bad, but like he knows that, that he has other responsibilities and, and thank God that, that chief was here, you know, and it's nice that they're brothers, you know, that, that was a nice, you know, reveal too, that like, yeah, rare breed and, you know, were you, were you born in, in this, um, I'm your older brother by five minutes. Yeah. And it was like, Oh man, I was like, yeah, like this movie's so good. And like it just it just kept getting better and better. Like Chief I don't know, it was kind of the side character for me at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. let, let's see what Ed Norton and, and Bill Murray and, and Jeff Goldblum get into. Like I want I don't know, I just they seem like more interesting dogs, you know, at first. Mm. Um but then when they get separated, I mean I, it's kind of sad to say I just kind of forgot about them. Like yeah, right. in there, and then they, they pop they up at. Well, I thought it was going to be like it was just another Wes Andersony ass thing. Where like, oh, these three dogs, they just fucking died. Like that's just that, you know. Like I thought that's what they were gonna. I thought that's what they were gonna do. Like the trash compactor got them, but then they cut back and they're they're flying through it, and they're like, uh, I guess if it was working properly, we'd be dead by now, right? Uh, uh, God. And then whenever they get out, dude, that's one of my favorite parts. Whenever. Chief is like, uh, stop. We're, this is the rendezvous. Rendezvous. Where's that trash tram taking you? And Ed Norton's like, you think we booked this flight through a travel agent? We were fighting for our lives in a high velocity trash processor while you were getting scrubbed and brushed. Chief goes, jump. Rex goes, where? Chief says, here. Rex says, when? Chief goes, now. Rex goes, why? Chief goes, what? <laughs> Just a, yeah. like a incredible little interaction there that I, I absolutely adore. Um, and again, the whole, the whole corporation angle where they're trying to Kobayashi industries is trying to implement new household pets through robotics. They mm. want robotic dogs because it, it'll make them money. Um, how, how comfy is that to cuddle up with a robotic, like metal dog, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Like obviously from, from their perspective, it's a moneymaker, but like how, like, yeah, I just don't. Like I don't see. I guess I don't know. They were pretty brainwashed, those people. So like mm. I, I guess fair. I'm, I'm, they're, they're you know propagated out the ass uh, for everything. And they were. I don't know. They, they were for the fight. Like there were. Everyone had those posters. Like 
no dogs, you know, or like everyone was all for it, you know, and so I guess like that was there, but man, yeah, that I don't know. It's it's crazy that he always has like it's just a story of a a kid, you know, making a stray dog realize that you know maybe humans aren't all so bad. Yeah, right. And on the side, you have this anti corporation, anti like anti propaganda. Like I don't know, it was like. This revolutionary sort of streak that ends up coming together and culminating in the same event. And that's, that's incredible. You know, like, I think this is a, it's one of my favorite stories. I don't think it's necessarily one of his most, his best executed, uh, story wise, but I do think it's one of those ones where you can just kind of go like, hell yeah. How could, how you not going to get behind this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just satisfying, man. And, uh, I uh I adore it. I really do. I think that uh it all kind of comes together in a really satisfactory way. Mm. And uh it's a it's a strange one, you know? It's it's one where I I I feel perfectly satisfied with I I don't I don't know how much I have to say about it. It's just it's just so That's kind of where I fall with this one too. It's like I really really enjoyed it like more than fantastic mr fox but i feel like i had more to say on fantastic mr fox than i do this mm-hmm. one and i think it's just the story is simpler somehow and like i but like there's so much i don't know it it, it, it is i'm in i am in a weird place with it too where i feel like there isn't a whole lot to say and maybe that's that's the beauty of it is that the story is just so contained and so like it's just a guy trying to get his dog back, but then it turns into this, we have to say revolution dog. And like, yeah. um, it's like, I, in my mind, at first, yeah, in my mind at first that they open the movie with like dogs being separated and cats, you know, having uh, staying in whatever. And I'm like, oh, so, so there's going to be this war at the end of, you know, right. there's going to be like dogs. They're going to like, I thought the revolutionary part was going to be the dogs like came together on trash Island and like became civilized or whatever, you know, organized, and then they would eventually like release their attack on the humans eventually somehow. Yeah, right. That's where it was going. But then no, it's like uh, the 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 serum works. You know, it's all good, and like well, it's shown. That's what was such so interesting, and in the way that they frame dogs in this is that they are their man's best friend. They mm-hmm. they love unconditionally. All the dogs who got sent to Trash Island, save for like Chief, have no animosity towards the humans. They're like, "Hey man, yeah. did what they had to do," you know. They're like, "They're like, man, I mean, I get it, shit." But like, uh, they're like it sucks, but yeah, we're here now. Um, like, and I think that kind of builds on the idea that they have no concept of tomorrow, like you were saying. It's just kind of like a, "Yep, this is where we are today." Man, and yeah, even the the like way they get food sent to them and it's just mm-hmm. well, I don't even know if it's actually meant to be food or if it's just trash you, like yeah. literally like it because that is trash island so like it was wrapped up you know but like like in Japan people literally like have to break down their like cardboard boxes and make them flat and tie them up before they're like taken to the recycling center like you can't just put it in a bin and they collect it like it's like very organized so i didn't know if it was like if it was a play on that, like, it's like, it is just literally trash, but made to seem that it's like them actually sending it over for them. But like, I I don't know. I really thought that there was going to be like, um, 
the a, a revolutionary side where like the for, like the students were gonna send stuff in trash for them, you know, or like ah. they would start doing that. But but no, it just ended up being you know a funny standoff scene between you know our dogs and, and another pack, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, why don't we just open it up and and see what's in there to see if it's even worth fighting for, you know? And they open it up and he's. Uh, is it Ed Norton or is it like I forgot who the one who just like spits yeah, off lists off everything? I think it's Ed Norton. Yeah, yeah. He's like a dried banana peel or, or like a, a dried pickle. Of, uh, blah, 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 blah. He's like, yep, nope. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Again, the little fuzzies that are like yeah. the the battle sequence. Oh, uh, it's like God. the smoke. That whenever they like pop open yeah. the like canister for the the serum, and it's like the little fuzzies fall out and it's like the smoke dripping over the side. Like that's oh, so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. So like that's like, I was trying to see like the weight of how much was stop motion and how much was like VFX between it. Because there were, there were obviously some shots in this one that were like clearly not just stop motion. Mm. Um, and not in a way that, like, it took me out of the movie or that I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, bad, that it's not just stop motion now. But it was, like, it was just so many more styles were enveloped in this. Um, but, like, you can t- – everything that was stop motion was, like, done, perf- like, perfectly. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. every explosion, every like, – like, whenever Atari crashed and, like, you have that mushroom cloud of, like, coming up yeah. – like, at, like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, they had to make that thing. Like, that is really And there. what was interesting that I hadn't considered until this most recent watch because we've really dug into, like, the, the mechanic stop motion. So the first time I watched it, it looked like that that ball, you know, the illusion is that it's growing. But I always thought it looked like it was rolling towards the camera. And I get literally might be like they didn't have to make it any bigger. They just moved it towards the camera so that it looked like it was getting bigger. Oh, my God. Yeah, this like the amount of thought that has to go into every shot and like knowing what frame comes next, knowing what you need to accomplish. But like like because he has the vision in his head, but to actually make the thing make it perfect for every frame and make the motion seem fluid, you know, like that's a whole nother ball game. And that's just like, it is. it's so impressive that a whole movie can be made like this. You know, like, I like every stop motion thing that I've seen has been like a YouTube video or something that's three minutes long because it's right. incredibly hard to do this and time consuming to do this, but they're doing it at a level that's so much higher than like a YouTube video or like obviously, mm. like obviously this is a full production film. here. Yeah. And like it's I don't know, it's crazy to see like what someone who is really good and like is a I don't know, like I I, I don't I don't know what to call Wes Anderson. Like it just I, I call him a genius a lot. Like I just I, I feel like there's just like an a tour and like he's just like a an He's just an artist. Like, he's just yeah. a pure artist. And just seeing someone who's just, like, a master at their work do this is in, is incredible. Mm. Um, and, like, I I don't know. It's still, I've only watched every movie one time. Um, but the ones I'm most interested in how they're made is Manta- Fantastic Mr. Fox in this one. Like, that that will be, I think, the the first ones that I dive into, like, the making of the movie mm. and then the next one is probably grand budapest after that like i want to yeah. i want to i want to see all the behind the scenes of that 
uh, for how impressive that is. But this was, I don't know, I, my mind was just blown shot after shot. I was just like, oh my god. And as the story's getting better and better too, I'm like, man, I actually care more about this movie. And like, it, But I'm also at the same time appreciating the craft of it getting better and better at the same time. It's just so many things firing at all cylinders. And I just, I don't know, I... I really liked this one. Like, I I don't know. I, I thought, you know, after the like the good streak that we were on, like Darjeeling, fantastic, Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest. I'm like, okay, we've we've hit that peak, you know? Like, I'm I'm expecting just, I don't know. I guess my, my expectations were a little lowered, you know, after seeing these ones. But mm. I, as far as, like, my own personal favorites, like, maybe it's just because I'm just so much of a dog person myself. I don't know. But, like, I... This one's like it might be too. Like I don't know. Like I'm. I love that for you, man. No, and this is a uh, this is it's tough for me. You know, fresh off my first viewing, that's something also to consider. First viewing, I was confident it was it was up there for me too. It's the it's the rewatches of others that have kind of created this this idea that maybe it is lower. But you know, like even looking at it now. <sighs> I think I would hold it above Fantastic Mr. Fox. So I think that would put it at five out of the mm. out of the seven we've covered. Um, because I think I would have it above Royal Tenenbaums and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um maybe maybe one, it's it's like I I like I feel like it's up there, but then I, I look back at like Darjeeling. And it's it's like it's hard to put it above Darjeeling, like just for yeah. I don't know. Well, like there there is something here though. I think this might be for me. It's Moonrise Kingdom, but this might be the most comfortable, like the comfort movie of all comfort yeah. movies for oh, Wes yeah. Anderson. And that doesn't necessarily mean it gives you the most enjoyment out of every single one, but it's definitely one that like you will revisit a lot. And that's kind of something that I feel about Isle of Dogs for sure. Um, and I get the same thing from Fantastic Mr. Fox, you know, like those, they're probably five and six on my overall, like, enjoyment, like what brings me to the most emotional satisfaction. But like, uh, as far as rewatchability, those are the two, arguably the two most rewatchable films he has, Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox. And it, and they, they have a lot in common, you know, beyond the stop motion aspect, you know, like the, the animals being persecuted by a greedy corporation who is seeking to destroy them. Mm -hmm. And in its very essence, this is a very similar movie to fantastic Mr. Fox. It's just a much more fantastical setting and uh, not, not as based in reality, which is funny to say about fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, huh. Yeah, that's no, no, it is kind of the same story. Yeah. Just in a, a bigger way, not just yeah. farmers versus, you know, a little packed, but literally a whole country against every dog in that country. You know, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it, it, it really worked for me. I, I really, really liked it. And I, I don't know, I, I think this is, you're right in saying that it is, it is the most comfortable because I think Moonrise Kingdom might become like my most comfortable watch mm. like after knowing that like i don't knowing the story now but this one on right. first watch it was all i'm already there right um, and the comfort i'm not i'm not really like my heart wasn't really going crazy um you know during this and i wasn't like fully worried i don't know i was just 
I was I just enjoyed the movie all the way through the whole time. There wasn't a a part where I was ever bored or I was ever like, oh, this this doesn't need to be in here. Like, it's, right? It was just I don't know the run. What is the run? Yeah, an hour forty. Okay, so I mean, it's a little longer than our last couple. Yeah, but I, I didn't really seem that way. I guess uh, for me, like I like not long in a bad way. Like I, I I think it just needed. It had exactly what it needed, and like the the end. Like I don't know. It made the ending all like so much more worth it. Just like having chief story and like all that and whenever is it chief or a uh, spot that no it's it's chief that gets cured on stage yes. of everybody yes. yeah um and like that moment like i don't know whenever um oh, i always forget her name the student's name does she have an tracy name? tracy yeah whenever tracy walks in and you know the mayor is like, all right, res- all, I, I respect this. You know, you can speak whatever you want to speak. He knows he still, like, has the election, whatever. It's all corrupt, whatever. So he's like, all right, sure. You can speak. Do whatever you want. I don't really care. Um, and people are kind of, you know, some people are buying it. Like, some people are kind of going over. But then Atari walks in, and then you see he's like, ah, well, I'm, I'm fucked now. He's like, like it's it's all it's all over now. Like there's there's no hiding. It's T'Challa hiding. walking up at the end of Black Panther. Like as you can see, I am not dead. Yeah, you know that's a yeah. It was dropping the bars. Perfect. And and like and and then to get him be like like because he starts to get mad, you know, and you start to see like the steam kind of come out of his ears and like his, his eyes get red. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so this is where he's gonna hit, you know go off and like i don't know do something um but then no he's 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 just more i think more mad at himself you know and he's like he, he had that like kind of flashback he kind of like thought of like wait why do i hate dogs he's like why why am i doing this you know and, and like you you see like that flashback of like those random moments like i don't know like were they from his life or was it just like um I forgot, but there was some like little flashback that the mayor had, mm-hmm. and, and then it was like I don't know. He kind of had like a revelation. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, like, no, I don't, I don't like this." And he he stamp, you know, the inverse stamp, you know, right, like the, right. the like whiteout stamp, and he gets it done. And and I'm like, "Oh okay, no, like this, like such a comfort movie, like even on first watch." Um, and I think that's that's really what it is, and I think that's why like I I have it at such a high. No, oh, yeah, for sure. And it's deserving of that, man. I'm so happy to hear that from me. And that's what that's what this project is all about, you know. I don't expect us to be on the exact same ranking, you know. That's why that's why I love the idea that all these movies will resonate with people differently, you know. And mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and Isle of Dogs, you know, this it's it's particularly one that like uh you ask most people what Wes Anderson's bottom two are and they're this week's. They're Isle of Dogs and French Dispatch. And I couldn't disagree more. Uh, really? Yeah. I I think that these are these are two of the most, like, sp- I, I can't express to you enough how much I love the French Dispatch, and I can't wait to discuss it. But Isle of Dogs, man, I don't know how, I don't know how you don't love it. You know, it's a, it's a, such a satisfying movie. And uh, I think that uh, it's well deserving of that praise you're giving it. So I'm, I'm 100% with you, man. Um, you got anything else specifically you want to touch on? Let's see. I think, I think, yeah, I covered, I covered all my favorites actually. The the shot, shot was the only one where I was kind of going back and forth and like just for how many 
shots there were. Um, and I think, I don't know, I, I think I do like the silhouetted one whenever Atari's standing on top of, on mm. top of us, Chief, and looking out in the distance. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a goodie. I, I, will, I will lock that one in. Um, I like that. You know, I, I think that, like, if there's any other, like, particular characters we haven't talked about, I loved Jupiter and Oracle. Um, I yeah, loved that. He's like, in his visions. Mm, yeah, it's just because she can understand Japanese. You know, I yeah. guess, like, is that the only only reason that, like, because she, yeah, she, she understands what the TV is saying. So, like, she just understands Japanese. One of the only dogs that I guess can understand Japanese. And, like, she even says, like, I think it's going to snow tomorrow. And one of the dogs is like, oh, my God. God, thank you. Like, thank yeah. you for your wisdom. Like, like that's that's incredible. Like, I don't know. It was, it when was the Oracle cool. is like sending them off, and is or Jupiter's like sending them off, and he's like, it, it, "Let's ask the Oracle." Oracle, what do you think? And she turns around and she goes, "What?" Huh? And, yeah. <laughs> and Jupiter, like having to like uh, give them that like pep talk, like finish what you've started. You know, like and don't, the camera don't, tilting. Yeah, like keep faith in your in your movement. Like you are doing the right thing. Like go on, go for it. I, I considered that for my shot simply because we've talked about how moving the camera in stop motion is incredibly difficult, and like uh, the like slow push in where the camera keeps stilting, and like that's that's incredible in stop motion. Like that's that's not an easy feat. So like uh, the, the cannibal dogs shot. too. Like uh, cannibal, well, we didn't talk that, about them. Yeah, was uh, that uh, who who played Harvey Keitel? Yeah, I could. I knew it was okay. Oh, uh, like a Moonrise Kingdom guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, yeah, perfect. Um, oh yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. He was a camp counselor. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. He was the bald prisoner. Yeah. And, and oh, Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Uh, okay, man, that's so fun having all these same actors and yeah, yeah. But love uh, me some Harvey Keitel. But yeah, him being like a that was a really really great scene. Uh, that explanation yeah. of why they had to eat fuzzball. Oh man, and yeah, and like the way that they get emotional, he's like, yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, like you blame me for that? How dare you? You know, like, and he gets, yeah, man, I I loved that shit. Did really well. I know that was that was really nice. And then like these Aboriginal cannibal dogs that we've heard about, and they're just they're just like every other dog, man. And they're like, it happened one time, and you're gonna hate us for that. And it's like he okay. was in pain. We put him out of his misery. Like, okay, like he was in a coma from starvation already. You know, we wouldn't have survived without that sustenance another day or two. Do you really blame us for that? And I'm like, oh, still kind of icky on it, but I mean, yeah, I guess you know, like you're on Trash Island, you're off like I fair. And then like you get the like uh, who who's the the dog that comes down that says like yeah fuzzball is his best friend is that oh that's, that's the one that spots falls in love yeah with. that's that's his, yeah that's right his um, mate i don't know that was like a really good scene it was just a flashback um mm-hmm. because you thought that spots was dead you know and then it's like sport the wrong dog died yeah. the wrong and dog then, died and then we see how he was actually taken and and it's like the whole time you think he's just about to go get eaten and then it's like yeah, no, we were just here to help you. All right, whatever, unlock his cage. And he goes to walk away, and then it's like, I was like, oh, man. Like, Yeah, man. It, it, again, just want to reiterate how good the performances in this movie were. Koyu Rankin as uh, Atari was wonderful. Um, Bob Balaban was king, who was the narrator in Moonrise Kingdom, the guy who kept coming up and being like, uh, it, is, it is this day, and the storm is three days away. 
Yeah, he's a, he's king. Um, That's nice. Yoko Ono is the is the scientist who Tracy Walker comes up to and is like, "Think like a scientist, damn it! Uh, do I have it?" Uh, just one wonderful cast, man. And uh, that that character that Yoko Ono plays is incredibly modeled after Yoko Ono. Looks exactly like her. Um, but uh, yeah, like slide it over the Bart, like. Slides it like I, I love all the, like the all last, the the, the very like there's a lot of western you know a lot of samurai like a lot of Sa- yeah samurai is mostly where that's rooted yeah. in that the and Akira Kurosawa sort of vibe it was awesome it was just like it just worked so well for this movie I'd and, say the Fantastic Mr Fox was the western whereas this is more the samurai like you know it's kind yeah. of that you know with the rat like a Rat being like, oh, y'all come back to town now. That's true. You know, yeah, the, you know. I guess Western, I was thinking of the, the standoff the dogs had at the beginning. With yeah, the yeah, yeah. Double weeds blowing, you know. And yeah. That was like the Western <laughs> part. But definitely, it, like, I don't kind of had both. Like, there was just so many different styles. Well, and those, those genres are very inherently linked. They're very, very similar. And uh, they the way they've influenced each other, or the way Westerns are influenced by samurai films at large you know like one of the greatest westerns of all time is the magnificent seven which is based off of akira kurosawa's seven samurai the exact same story with cowboys instead of samurai um like that's just the way that and this ultimately you know you got the the five dogs uh atari and tracy walker you know a little bit you got another seven that are kind of the saviors there and I really really appreciate that, but uh, huh. yeah, man, it's a it's it's damn compelling, and uh, I think that uh, this is this is one of my favorites. You know, I said that it's amongst my least favorite Wes Anderson movies. Let's see where I have it in the uh, letterbox top one hundred because it's changed since I sent you uh, the the little part where it was a uh, it was in the sixties previously, and I've rewatched it twice since then. Um, it's now in the twenties, so. Yeah. And it's one of my least favorite Wes Anderson films. <laughs> you know, like that's uh he he just has something special, man. He's got know. it on him like that, man. It's it's he's, impeccable. Every movie every movie has a purpose, and that's, you know, and it's a passion pro- like I don't know, you could just tell the passion, the 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 care and the thoughtfulness that has to go into every shot, mm. every like whenever the dogs start to tear up they have to make sure that that is an actual emotional moment that like you kind of feel as well and that it's not just a blank you Mm. know making someone laugh is hard i feel like making someone cry is harder yeah Um, and and like to do both so effortlessly almost is it's incredible man these movies that they're i hold them so dear like they're so fucking nice to watch and uh so I'm excited. That's why it's interesting that we're going to be rounding out the French Dispatch here in a second, and then we're going to be going back to Rushmore and Bottle Rocket because in tone, mm. they're a little different than the rest of these. Like they're not they they are more Royal Tenenbaums than they are uh, Moonrise Kingdom, and uh, and even so, I think they're even even further back than that. You know, like it's mm. he still hasn't he hasn't found his footing 100. percent They're not bad movies by any means. They're still wonderful. I love them, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting. It'll be an interesting ones to talk about. But uh, yeah, man, shall we? Shall we throw Isle of Dogs a rating? I think uh, that's good. Good. I think we shall. Oh yeah, I think it's time. <laughs> 
and this this will be interesting to talk through it and like actually see where where I do stand on it. Um, because in enjoyment, I did say I like it more than Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I don't like that's that's already a nine, you know, and I I don't know if it's more just maybe like a nine or nine two five. I think that's, um, that's but where I my think, gut takes me. Yeah, because putting it right below Life Aquatic kind of feels right. Mm-hmm. Like I think I do get more out of Life Aquatic than I do this one. This is more yeah. of just a straight up comfort, really nice movie to watch. Um, yeah. So I think I think nine two five is where I'm sitting for enjoyment. I like that. Okay. Okay. I like, I like nine two five. There, I don't have any beef with that. Okay. Um. It would also be our first 925 in enjoyment, putting it above Fantastic Mr. Fox, but below The Life Aquatic. And we only have a couple 975s in Darjeeling and Grand Budapest and 110 at Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, critically, but critically, where do you think this one falls? I, yeah. I don't know if I can necessarily put it higher than Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I don't know, I don't even know quite if it falls in the nines. I think this is an eights movie somewhere. Yeah, because um, Darjeeling was given a nine. And I'm like, okay, I can't say that this movie is critically better than the Dar- Darjeeling Limited. I think the craft of it is impressive, and, and that is done better. You know, hmm. like how, how it was made, but at an overall critically, I, it's a little bit below Darjeeling, which automatically puts it in the eights for me. Yeah, like cause while while I do enjoy the performances, I've been wowed by performances much more in other movies. I think that uh, it is visually brilliant. I have no qualms there. The soundtrack is extremely satisfying. I like that a lot. Um, let's see. Um, I do again. I think the the story might be a little cluttered. Not like a not in a way that makes me enjoy it less, but in a way that objectively I think you kind of go, okay, well this isn't quite as good as you know you said the isle of dogs might be a simpler story than fantastic mr fox and i actually think the the opposite is true i think fantastic mr fox is even simpler because it's not trying to be like here's some backstory okay now we're back here here's some backstory okay now we're back here and while i enjoy that format i don't know if it allows the story to breathe in the way that you would ideally get you know um uh, yeah I, no i do i do i think maybe simpler um, yeah, I don't really know that that doesn't really hold up at all because Fantastic Mr. Fox is very contained. It's just them like, yeah, it is very, very simple. I think maybe it's there's more like emotional weight that I hold with that one. And maybe that's why I think of it as more. Common. Right. Um, it's just maybe because it was done that way. Like it, it is a simple story, but there isn't all that jumping back and forth and all that stuff. And it is mm-hmm. just you have more time to to sit and breathe with those characters. Um, it is, it is interesting talking about this. The more I talk about it, the more I end up arriving around this life aquatic or Royal Tenenbaums number. And hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I think the Royal Tenenbaums is what more well-performed. I think it is more, uh, it's, it's well, it's more well-written. Um, but again, visually, I don't think you can like that's the thing about the stop motion animation is the amount of heavy lifting that does is is immense, you know, like that can't be that can't be understated. 
So like I, I think my floor would be eight two five. I think that's kind of where I was going. My actual like rating. I, I don't know if I can put it above. The only reason it would go above Life Aquatic is for the visuals and like how how much that is like doing a lot of the lifting. Um, but I th- I don't know. I think tying it with Life Aquatic is fair. I feel good uh, about that then. For me, okay, okay. Let's see what that shakes it out to be. Would make it an eight five eight and eighty six percent. All right, which would put it at second to last, mm-hmm. uh, just above the Royal Tenenbaums by five percent, and just below the Life Aquatic by one percent. At a, at an eighty six, that's uh, it's not bad, not bad at all, and uh, it's a damn good movie, man. I I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, let's see what IMDb has it at. It looks like it's got it at a seven point eight out of ten on IMDb. Um, Tomatoes. Oh, okay. 87% audience score. A okay. 90, That's one of the higher audience scores we've seen. Probably just more of a comf- more comfortable. Yeah. I think that, that's probably what it boils down to is is this on first watch, you're already in. Like, you're already like, ah, this is, it's dogs. If you're a dog person, that's probably, I don't know, that probably helps. Probably enough, yeah. Um, but a 90% on the critical uh, tomato meter on that side. So, I don't know, I think... I, re- I don't know. I, I really did enjoy this one. I, it's probably one of just the easiest first watches of his movies. Um, mm. And that that's probably a big help. Um, and maybe when I do go back and watch more of them, I'll, I'll appreciate the other ones a lot more, you know, and not have to think of where the story's going necessarily and stuff like that. But, mm. but yeah, I guess on, on first watch, I'm, I'm really liking this one. Um, I'm very yeah. happy with it, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. There we are, 86. Yeah, I think that's fair. I like that. I, I like that, too. I think that's a good number for it, and that's a it's a damn good movie, man. That's nothing to scoff at. So, uh, yeah, with that, I think we'll conclude this episode of the Director's Spotlight here on the Penny Bloom Podcast, and uh, we'll, we'll see you on Friday for the French Dispatch, another Wes Anderson movie, and frankly, uh, one that I, I'm, I'm perhaps a bit biased towards, given my uh, <laughs> journalistic background. I uh, I really really enjoy really enjoy writing and journalism at large, but uh, it's a it's a damn good one, and I'm so excited for it. Um, but yeah, we'll have that on Friday, and then next week we'll round out the rewatch or the first watch for Joe uh, with Rushmore and Bottle Rocket next Wednesday and Friday, and I'm so very excited for it. Uh, game of Thrones rewatch is continuing next week. Uh, winter is blooming. We got season four episode three next week we had season four episode two earlier this week and uh i can't wait for you guys to hear that so very excited uh head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content including all sorts of written content movie reviews book reviews comic book reviews and the like for three dollars a month you can support this podcast financially which is huge because it costs me money and i don't make any unless it's over there and uh, that's, that's just a wonderful help. Uh, remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to download the episodes. I'd appreciate it greatly. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Um, let's see. With that, I was Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I bite.